Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while GEICO could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest-growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, GEICO has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Well, exactly. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RUScreening.com podcast. I'm your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, uh, Tim Burton uh, and Miss Peregrine's School for Children special Home kids. Special yeah, Peculiarness. Special Review. That's right. Uh, no, that's not the name of the movie. No. Uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which I did finally finish the book. Did you? Uh, yeah. I did not finish the whole book going into the movie. How? No, how uh, far were then you? Because I'd asked you, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm at this part. Yeah, like, I was pretty I, close, I, right? I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was, I, mean, I was a ways past half. Yeah. But, uh, but I yeah. didn't get all the way through it. And, uh, you know, it's a good book, though, but uh, you didn't like it. But as uh, <laughs> as young adult books go, yeah. um, it has things going for it, whether it's good or not, in a way, too, right. which is uh, probably true of all Tim Burton movies. So, uh, like, it, yeah. has, it has things going for yeah. it, whether you end up liking it or not. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, it's about weird people. It was fine. It's about kids who are odd. So we get to talk about, right. you know... Uh, being odd and that being Different okay as a kid and, and it's stuff fine. like that. Yeah, right. 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 Um, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't hide from your oddity and everybody, but it's maybe, it. it's yeah. maybe not the best young adult book out there, but no. it's, uh, but, it's can, a, but it's an interesting book. And especially, you know, if you're going to, uh, for the right age group, right. Right. It's, right. Uh, In that demographic, it's huge. And I, and I get, and I get the appeal of it right. very much you know, amongst some of them, I don't, but this one, I, I understand why this was really well. Right. It's uh it's cool. And it's crazy. Um, before we get into the review, uh, you know, actually not a lot of news this week, even though there's tons and tons of news uh, this yeah. week, but it's the same as the last couple of weeks. It's right. all about TV and uh, what shows yeah. are or aren't coming Westworld, you know, obviously huge. It's getting a lot of buzz. It really and, is. And yeah, people like, it. like what did we you did about. you catch it? it? I'm gonna watch it tonight. Uh, um, it's yeah, getting a it's, ton of buzz it's, based on it's the really, episode. It's really good. Yeah, and uh, I I liked it a lot. I've seen four. Right. And uh, it it really kind of it's a it's a weird show because it has a lot of stuff it wants to do, and it's a show that's clearly developed like uh, you know not your normal drama, right? Right. Uh, even something like Game of Thrones, where uh, you know what's going to happen, right. really, right. <laughs> or at least to a certain extent you do. But a big, you know, giant sweeping drama like that, um, this one has a lot of stuff that it has to set in motion. Yeah. And it's got big plans, right? It right. wants, right. it wants awesome. Of it, it's yeah. got a lot. It wants to be in a really crazy place by the time it gets to the end of the first season right. and stuff like that. Right. It's, it's got all kinds of balls in the air yeah. 
and it's trying to do a lot of stuff. So the first episode, even though the first episode I think is really good, but even the first two episodes, there is just like a ton of establishing stuff sure, and, yeah. uh, you know, World trying to trying stuff. to get you really involved in what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, and then the third episode in a way, it's like it starts in the third episode because it's kind of close to how the movie starts right. with the third episode where you've got the, uh, the two guys who show up in the movie. Um, there are these key characters who are the friends where the one guy's been there before the other guy hasn't ever been there. So right. that you get like kind of those two perspectives going into the movie of the guy who's, you know, been around Always the block in this idea. Yeah. And the guy who it's all just brand new, right? Right. Um, and those they don't show up till the third episode. So yeah, that plot is still there going into it. I mean, if you're a big fan of a really asshole movie, right? That's not <laughs> that's not their key demographic. Yeah, right. Even is like people who even know there is a movie, right? right? Because it can't be because a lot it's of those, too old. I've seen right? a lot of people say I didn't even know this was a movie. Right. And right. I didn't even know it was a movie based on a book. Right. Like, they're right. just thinking it's something HBO just And I've out, heard so. of Michael Crichton. Right. Yeah. And and how yeah. weird is that? Right. That he has this old movie that I never heard of. <laughs> but anyway, if you do know the movie, um, you know, you might think it starts off a little weird because there are no guys at the right. very beginning. They're just right. they're way early on in establishing establishing stuff and having uh, Ed Harris show up as the weird black hat guy who right. totally doesn't exist in the movie right. at all. Um, the you know the movie is really very straightforward and yeah. uh, you know stuff goes wrong with the robots right. and the the show is a whole it's other a yeah. beast. I never right? read the book. Completely. I actually don't remember ever reading Westworld. No, I've, and I, I'm the type that would have read it before I saw the movie, and I remember seeing the movie ages ago. But yeah, a lot of people are. It seems like they're only talking about two things this week: Westworld. And Luke Cage. Luke Cage, Cage. Luke Cage Luke crashes, Cage Netflix. crashes Netflix. Right. And I can't wait to start watching that too. Yeah, that's actually I, I've, uh, I'm only, that? I'm, yeah, I'm only a couple episodes into that. Uh, think? I think I'm actually like halfway through the third episode or something. Yeah. Good. It's, it's good. It's good. And yeah. uh, it's, good. it's an odd movie. It fun. It's an odd show for me just because, uh, you know, there are certain actors where um, – yeah, I like him, the guy who plays Luke yeah. Cage, right? And he was, and obviously this is kind of, you know, spinning off from uh, the other Netflix. Daredevil. Uh, no. Uh, uh, Jones. The, oh, um, yeah, Jessica Jones. Yeah. And because he's in that. Right, he, and yeah. same guy, yep. still playing Luke Cage, same whole thing. And now we're spinning off for his own story. Right. But I like him, right? But there are certain actors where uh, you, you've never seen them before. And then suddenly you see them in something and you've never seen them in anything else. And, you know, they really do like a good job. Yeah. Then they, then they just become that guy. That's it. And yeah. he was uh, in, in uh, the good wife yeah. in a role that he kept coming back in where he was the, he was the horrible drug dealer guy and whatever anyway, but he was, uh, you know, several seasons uh, of that show. Yeah. And I, I'd never seen him in anything yeah, else. Funny. So he's that's just, he's just that guy, just but that it's guy. a, it's a really good show. But as far as something based on a comic book, right. It, it's very different. Yeah. I think kind of, and in a similar, cool. in a similar way, maybe to Jessica Jones, because it's not trying to uh, deliver stuff in kind of like a, 
panel by panel right. theory of what we're looking at. Yeah. It's, it's more of a, it's more like it's, um, I think this and Jessica Jones, both of them, it's almost like they're trying to accidentally be superhero mm-hmm. shows. They want to just be like a regular show. Right. But then what if you can't destroy this guy and he's bulletproof and super strong? Right. And then, but in all other ways, right. this right. could just be Normal any, right. this could just be any show about. I was worried. I was not worried. I was curious whether or not it was going to play well because Luke Cage is just not. He's just not the household superhero. But, you know, when you no, when and they're you, so trying to like this, they're so trying to branch out. They into, are, and, and it's, uh, everything. You know, they're certainly looking like they're laying the groundwork for a really effective defenders thing eventually. But just it just reminds me back when Iron Man wasn't a thing, right? And the Iron Man movie came out, and everyone's like, "It's not Wolverine, right? It's not Batman, who cares? Yeah, it's not Superman." And, and it Doesn't turns matter. out it was very much, you know. It was so fun and so interesting and so engaging that you had to like it. Uh, you had to give it a shot, and then you liked it. And I just thought Luke Cage just isn't going to resonate with people, not because it's a black guy, but it's just he's it just doesn't have. But like just because you don't know him, hero and stuff. stuff. And yeah. usually you need a lot of gravity to bring someone in. And then when I saw the update that Netflix is like down because of Luke Cage, I just thought there aren't that many geeks out there that are doing this. This is actually hitting people beyond that demographic that are curious about it. And that's great. I think that it also uh, tells you, especially Jessica Jones, you know, did well. Yeah. I think Netflix has, has really managed to just convince people that it's worth checking out anything we do. Right. And give us a shot. We'll hook you. And and that'll be it. It's weird in a way because they're doing it so across the board. Like they have kids shows, right. Where it's like, you know, those are, are getting tons of, you know, recognition and attention and, uh, you know, kids want to watch Netflix now and Netflix originals are really good. It's, it's, it's wild that you can come up with, you know, the next thing and and then still, you know, crash. And if they can continue, like how strange their Wikipedia page will be. Cause I remember they're not that old and they've not been without controversy and things that look like they might be shutting down. Right. And, and they just, they're on top of the world. Right. Like they're great. So. Right. And you know, now the new like breaking news. Yeah. Cause just now like their, their stock went up a ton yesterday yeah. because now there's rumors that Disney might be interested in right. buying them out or. If whatever. Netflix could just figure out how to bring Firefly back. Then they'd kill everything. I don't know. That's the other. That's the other sad thing in news that I saw. You'd have to get Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. He says. He say, says it's, like, it's, it's enough. He's like, it's it's good that it's done. We're never going back. Right. And I I could hear the collective cry. And now it's like, ah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but anyway, but uh, that's that's basically the news. There's uh, the other news is all uh, other TV shows. It's yeah. there's like kind of a lull right now where there's some news about way future movie projects yeah, and right. who's it's being all, cast yeah. in it and stuff like that. But other than that, it's like, you I'm know, not going to say that you're guilty. I'm just going to say, I don't know where you were when Kim Kardashian was robbed. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I cannot verify. You mean your because presence. I'm, I'm not mentioning that as news. Right. Yeah. You're trying that's, to stay away from this. That's and not I, news. I think you duck protest too much. No, like, that's, that's I don't, not news. You know, I don't know where you that's, were. That's not related to Usually a movie. We were in a movie. That's not related to a movie. Entertainment. And it's not related to a TV show. All right. Right. It's just re- saying it's related to a person who's famous for being famous. It's yeah. like, uh, isn't that like one of the biggest TV shows on the planet though? 
I don't I even watch. I don't. I don't even know. Probably, but you know what's uh, funny about that? Spe- speaking of just being like the biggest Famous. thing, yeah. uh, Westworld like killed, right? Yeah, and it got like three point three million viewers or something. Yeah, and HBO is going woohoo, and it was like their best premiere in like right. seven Sopranos years or something. Or something. Yeah. It was the best premiere since huh. I think they said True Detective, but it's at right. least I think it's at least like four years or something. Yeah, that it's the best premiere they've had, and three point three is huge. And I'm just thinking, God, that makes me so old, right? Because I mean, I I remember I remember you know crap like growing pains, right? You know, was like eighteen million right. viewers sure. when there were only three things yeah. to watch, right? Crap, right? And and you know, people look back and go, how did that show last for so long? Right. Well, because it was, it was on. Yeah. And so people watched else. it. Right. It didn't matter. And now you get uh, 3.3 <laughs> million viewers and, and you're, you're crushing, yeah, right? Yeah, you're cartwheeling all over the office. Yeah. it's uh, That's cool that it's doing good. And, and not only that, but uh, people were talking the last couple of days too about how much money was spent on it. And it yeah. was like 100 million Huge. for the season right. or, or something. They better be getting 3.3. Which, yeah. And it, and it looks like yeah. it. It, it looks it like looks it gorgeous. for sure. Yeah. You know, whether you like it or not, or think that the story is a little goofy, right. man, they, they use that money. I mean, right. they, they, they got an awesome looking setup and every, cool. it looks like a movie. Yeah. It looks like a big budget movie even. Right. And obviously it should. All right. So since there's no news, we'll uh, try and get into the movie. Tim Burton. I don't know if this will take very long. And the, uh, the, the book that was written for Tim Burton to make a movie out of seriously, really seriously. I mean, it, it really, it's as Tim Burton as it could be. It's like when you watch a movie where, uh, you know, it was actually written for some actor to play the part yeah. and then they do. And then you try to think of, right. You know, imagine that? somebody else doing sure. it because it's created. And, and I think form. you come up with two. One is absolutely not. It's just, this is a Spielberg thing a decade ago, maybe. You know, he's just, he's moved past this stuff now. Right. But then I thought, you know, yeah, sure, Tim Burton. And then I remember when I first saw the trailer and I was like, well, of course. Right. That just makes sense. Like, I don't even know why that was a question. Who else would you try to get to make this, right? right? Yeah. Like Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Could make this. Uh, Oh, I got to write down what I think you're going to do. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, okay, anyway, Miss Peregrine. So, obviously, it's the uh, movie about the peculiar children. Yeah. It's the movie that even if you watch the trailer, you're not really sure what it's about. Right. right? Asa Butterfield is a kid, and uh, Ava Green is uh, Miss Peregrine, and they're weird people, and the girl floats away. And stuff, and you have no idea what's going on. You're doing a pretty good job with that. And and then, how do we make a story out of that, right? Yeah. But but no one tells you something bad is happening. Maybe the trailer. I mean, it, you watch the trailer for this, right? There's right. It, it doesn't really. It just goes, look, it's Tim Burton, and it's and it, weird, it, and, and it show just up. Show weird kids. <laughs> and it's and when you get to the movie and you start seeing stuff of what is the actual problem right that we have to deal with in the movie you didn't expect that from the trailer because right. it's weird right. <laughs> this is one of those rare things where i actually think that the movie is for mostly the people that read the book it's not i mean you'll get people because they're tim burton fans they're like oh or or pretty seriously the age demographic right There's, it's i agree i i, I think if 
I think if you're of that age, then you're fine. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, you, so many you, people kind of have to be a fan of the it, book or read. The and book, it's whatever. funny because this happens every once in a while, but not terribly often. So many people, when they, you know, we're a couple of days beyond what we normally do the show. Uh, we're doing a weekday podcast, which is always fun to mix it up. But so many people over the weekend will ask, you know, what what did you guys do? What did you guys see? And I'll tell them, and they'll say, Oh, what'd you think of it? Would you like it? And if I'm feeling, you know, chatty, I'll tell them. Otherwise, I'm like, hey, turn into the podcast. That's where you find out what's happening. But it was interesting this time when people asked what we saw and they assumed that it was this. You refused the next to thing tell. They asked, no, the next thing they <laughs> almost every single person but one that I can think of asked me, what did you think of the book? There, right. was a, there was a built-in insinuation that you had read the book to get to the film right. because there were so many fans of the book. And I thought that was because I don't that happens every once in a while. I, I like, you know, I'm an English major. I, I like reading the books before I see the films if I haven't already. And it doesn't often come up like that. But this right. was one that it, almost across the board, everyone was like, what do you think of the book? Right. So that was kind of strange. And they had all read it. So and they had all read it as well. They were anxiously looking forward to, if not having already seen this and wanted to talk about what was different in the book and the movie what scenes they like, what scenes, you know, so it was, and like, was and, and yeah, this is, this is actually a good movie adaptation for people to uh, wonder how they would do something. Right. Because right. obviously bonkers stuff happens in the book. Yeah. And then you're thinking about the movie and you go, how, how did they, how yeah. did they make that be part of the movie or something? Yeah. Anyway, uh, before we just start babbling about it, we got to throw out our ratings. So yeah, uh, I'm going to make you go first. Okay. So you haven't gone first for a while. I, it's been a little so. bit since I've gone first. I am a little surprisingly at average. I'm at five. And that's it. That's all you have to say. Well, there were, <laughs> there were. I know we'll we'll digest. You know, we'll digest the whole thing and we'll go through it. But there were there were a lot of things that I saw. I guess the easiest thing to start from is that I feel like the trailer that I saw because we were just talking about the trailer and we all, we often do this is pretty much the movie I saw. I don't feel yeah, like there was anything yeah. misleading in it, there. It's just that you don't have as much information as right. you might be And, and like what you were saying, to, yeah. I think it genuinely puts forth the idea that it doesn't matter if there's a conflict or a character or, you know, you want to see the peculiarity. You want to see Tim Burton's take on what this world is in right. his head versus your head. And strangely enough, I, I found that a lot of what I was seeing was not bad, but it was... It was so very bland to yeah. me that there were places that should have been spiced up or really with, with a lot of speed. And, and the pacing was off somewhat for me. Um, I felt like there was so much front loading into the world building that they were setting up. And the book is a little different near the end. It, it, the further away from the start of the film, the more changes happen in the book uh, from the movie. The, right. the movie takes certain avenues that the book didn't. And that's fine. Because uh, in that way, you actually kind of get the best of both worlds. You wonder how it would have done this way, but you have two different stories to play out. I, I love Sam Jackson, but I just thought the moment he showed up, all of the stuff that he, well, most of the stuff that he did was just like scene stealing, vamping, kind of campy stuff. It was, it was very kind of cartoony. And it reminded me, and in a way that I expected uh, Eva Green as Miss Peregrine to be man, she's just kind of vampish in the last like handful of roles that she's done, especially when you give her something like this. She's, you know, and I, I think of the 300 sequel we saw, which was horrible. Right. But 
she might be like that did, actress. Did you watch? Go-to. Did you watch Penny Dreadful at all? She, not yet. I can't she, wait to see she, Penny she's, she's great in Penny Dreadful. I've heard. Yeah, she is. Um, and one of the reasons that I think people really wanted that series to continue going on, but in this at least, she's really fine, and she's actually a really good fit for this because the the subtle campy stuff that she has to do, I don't think detracts from anything. But the moment that Sam Jackson shows up, though it's kind of, you know, the moment Sam Jackson arrives and starts delivering lines, actually, he just reminded me of like Freddy Krueger from the mid 90s with these weird overacting kind of sneering at the camera kind of thing. Like not so much twisting his mustache, but just kind of like saying something and then cackling wildly because he's crazy. Right. You know, It, it started to go from a really subtle Tim Burton film for me into something that felt more and more like the way dark shadows went. And I just, the closer we got towards the end, the less engaged I was. Right. The weird pacing of stuff. But the fun thing here for me was that when Tim Burton was being very subtle with stuff, it was really effective. There's a lot of little tiny scenes in between the bigger scenes that transition that I thought was, were really, especially effective. like in the middle. Yeah. And I, and my favorite part of the movie is probably the absolute middle when now we've established the home, the rules, the time loops, you know, the, the kid, Jake, he knows what's going on. And now he's got to try to figure out like how everything is resolving around one another. That was the best part of the film for me. The, the, the start of the film just felt kind of staggered and fast and slow and off kilter. And then the end felt so rushed and so strange and so complicatedly unnecessary to put a sequel in front of me before and, the film was even done. Yeah. And a lot of stuff, um, I swear we're 30 minutes I'll, from the I'll, end. I'll actually get to my rating. Right, we're 30 point. minutes from the end, and, and I swear to God, they're laying literally the blueprints out for sequels two, three, and four. You, you, and could, just, like, you oh, could just keep just, going. Just finish this story. Not, a, not only that, for me, uh, the closer you get to the end, the more uh, everything that happens happens longer than it needs to. Right. It, right. Whatever, whatever scene it is, the last probably 20 minutes of the movie uh, – <laughs> actually needs to have like twice as many scenes because right. all it has really is like three or four is just these much. scenes that just keep going what uh did you, what did you anyway do? i i'm at a six yeah I, I had that right so i thought it was I, I thought basically the same as you i was willing to be a little more forgiving yeah to the movie just i think based on uh a lot of the problems that i had with it i felt like this movie was so aimed at a younger audience yeah. that I felt like I, you know, I had to give it a little bit of a break for that. Yeah. Um, that uh, there's only, there's only so critical. I feel like I'm allowed to be at, I was, at, at something that is, right. you know, I didn't go into this movie thinking that that's what it was going to be though. Right. Right. But by the time I got done with the movie, I'm like, well, it's a four, right? Except it's for twelve-year-olds. So, yeah, is it really a four, or <laughs> is it, or do I need to, yeah. you know, give Hater it some it room, right? right? And ultimately, I kind of felt like I did, although I have a lot of the same problems uh, you did. the The thing that's weird about the movie, and it's interesting um, that you brought up Dark Shadows, because this movie, I feel watching this movie like Tim Burton gets to a certain point in his movies. 
if you could imagine that we filmed this movie from start to finish, which unfortunately is not how films are right. made, right? But but somehow, nevertheless, I mean, maybe maybe he does do that because he's uh, just that crazy and he, he wants be. to do it that yeah. way, right? Who yeah. knows? But I, you still get the feeling that he just kind of like loses interest in the stuff he's doing after a certain point. Like this movie just felt like it got to about maybe three quarters of the way through, maybe not quite that far. And then he just was kind of like phoning it in. Then he was just like, I'm still here doing the same thing. It's like, he's at this point just kind of developed into a, a sort of directorial ADD, right? He's like, but I'm bored with this now. And I want to move. I've got this other idea that's constantly in my mind now. Right. So doing the rest of this movie, fine, here, yeah. here's the rest of your movie. But yeah. it, it, it's a very fun movie, actually, except that it, you know, it runs out after a while. And then it's not really fun anymore. It's just, this is what I have to do to end the movie and bring the story together. And it, you go through the movie for a long time with this fun, odd, crazy kooky you know crap happening and then you get to the end and it's like we can't just do stuff because it's fun anymore we act we have to actually you know tell a story and wrap it up and then it just it you know feels like it loses interest in itself and uh, i completely agree about uh sam jackson uh i thought you know i like him in general uh, I like, yeah. he is very, for me, very hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, I either really love him and stuff or I, I just, I feel nothing. Right. Right. Kind of. I think he's really wrong for this. I, yeah. It seemed like he was almost trying to do like an impression of what would Robin Williams do if, right. if he were at the beginning of his career being a, evil person or something and just like you know kind of spastic and as crazy as you can be and and there's something too with um i mean you know you've got to do what the book does anyway but there is something in this story that i don't love in just the you know really bonkersness of the other people right and how they you know, I don't know, turn themselves into monsters. And then now they're kind of coming back from being right. monsters yeah. by eating eyes and right. You know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. At some point, especially if you look at the scenes we have to watch, yeah, there have to just be thousands of these right. little homes. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't seem like that's a story we're telling right. that there are that There's many of them. Few. There are some, <laughs> But by this point, we've eaten all their eyes. He, <laughs> and, yeah, right. And it's all over. Yeah. That was about the only time in the film, too, where I had I had heard the audience react in a way that was kind of like, ugh. You know, that was that was the eyeball eating stuff where there's basically just a plate of them. Right. And they're going through it. I agree. Like, it's strange trying to nail down what I – and it's funny you made me think of this um, when you said it. Samuel Jackson almost looks like he's – perfectly imitating the cartoon that this movie would have been based on. Right. Like he's just so over the top and so cackling and so baring his teeth and, and I mean, literally baring his teeth and kind of like chewing the air. Like, it's just so strange, but 
Um, I, I didn't think, and and it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It that, really doesn't. That's really the it problem. Sell the maniacal. That's really the problem with the whole villain side yeah. of this movie is that none of it does anything. Right. It's it's very like simplistic, you know. Yeah. bugaboo kind of sure he's the uh, boogeyman I'm, sca- who, yeah. I'm scared thought, of the shadow the one thing that i really the one thing that i did appreciate in the book and, and it won't be a big comparison of the book though i do still suspect most people who see this film have read or will have read the book um the reveal of baron in the in the book um as being kind of a a subtle spy like he's been following jacob all over the place right I thought it was actually very effective and, and kind and of interesting. They really ruined that in the and movie. And they, they had no idea how to do that in the movie, so much so that if I had not read the book and I watched the scene where it's like in the cavern and all of a sudden it's Alice and Janney. He walks and into the dark, in, walks back in the Samuel light. Jackson, yeah. And I would have been like, what the hell is this? Like, this is the laziest form of storytelling. And, uh, and I would have said something that we say so often. If that's what was in the book, you had to change it. And right. If it isn't, you had to find something better. Right. That's so that's so clumsy and weird the way they do it. Um, but even in instances like that where they falter, because um, you had mentioned earlier, you know, getting it giving it a bit of a handicap, grading wise, because it's for you know it's for kids. Right. I didn't necessarily come into it thinking that it was going to be like the Dark Knight, you know, tackling terrorism or even right. world things. I, I had given it a wide breadth. One of the things I was strangely disappointed in was Tim Burton. You know, I when I read the book, I already knew Tim Burton was doing it. Um, I actually read the book like a week and a half ago. Like you, we started reading yeah. it when we knew the movie was coming right up. And I just kept thinking, I, I would love to see Tim Burton's version of this world um, kind of like the way his earlier films had done in a way, like Sleepy Hollow. Like I think the aesthetic of a Sleepy Hollow with the story of Miss Peregrine would have been amazing and engaging. And I almost got it. I almost got what I wanted near the end when they're at the, the wintry kind of circusy thing. It started looking a little fantastic. Like I kind of feel like when I go see a Tim Burton film, I should be getting some of his aesthetic instead of just right. like, that, that hollow looks good. That right. looks good. It, and there, there were strange moments. And, when, and it, it's almost like it's already peculiar. Right. So I don't even have to like Tim Burton it because right. it started out like that. And I get, so. you know, maybe, maybe as a, maybe as a artist or, you know, as a director and as a creative person, he's tired of putting people in front of green screens. I don't know that I would have loved it if it had been like, you know, like the Johnny Depp Alice films where it was just all strange and weirdness and bloated things. But for something so catered to him and his strengths, I certainly felt like he dialed back a lot. He didn't. He didn't really like kind of own it. He yeah. kind of like left it to the book. And yeah. for me, the in watching this movie, it's a little disappointing. This was if you take like Harry Potter movies as an example, right? I think the first Harry Potter movie and even the second Harry Potter movie are kind of very boring from a directorial point of view, right? They are. They are Chris Columbus movies right. in like the truest sense of the, <laughs> yeah. of the phrase, right? They are, I will take this and make it be pretty much the book and it will all be very straightforward. And is it all magical and wild and weird? Well, yeah, because it's about kids who can do magic, right? Right. But then you there, I for me, there's like a real jump in the movies when you get to Prisoner of Azkaban and you've got right. Alfonso Cuaron going, 
yeah, I know this is your book, but here's what I'm going to do. Right. right? And right. here's the like kind of sent, adding some stylistic choices and, yeah. and uh, how things look and how people appear and, and all this stuff and like actually kind of doing directing right. at it. And then it's very different and it feels like him. And this feels like to me, almost like Tim Burton doing like seriously, like a Chris like Columbus, Columbus version, version of it Yeah, where we don't really get like, wow, Tim Burton. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, we I just agree. get, um, like I said, it's, it, it's like he looked at it and said, that's weird enough. Yeah. And so I don't have to weird it up any more than that. I'll just, do it how it is in and, the book. And even more so, like for me, the, it's not always the argument of style over substance. But in this instance, it certainly felt like there wasn't a lot of attention paid to the substance of the story. And, and I kind of feel this way about the book's material anyway. Even though I know it's a young adult story, I don't need it to be totally nuanced. But it just felt kind of like rehashed in a lot of ways. And I've seen this before. I've seen yeah, this a yeah. lot of times before. And I've seen a lot of people talking about how this is, you know, the the Disney Channel's version of like the X-Men for kids. And I'm thinking, sure, because there's a group of misfit kids with different abilities and they're at a school. I get it. I see the similarities there, but not really. Right. You know, when when excuse me, when the film really starts getting strong, it's when. It's when we finally step away from like Chris O'Dowd, who I usually love very much. He's not really given much to do here except chaperone right. and try to stay right. on an American accent, which goes away a lot. I, but a, I don't care. I love Chris O'Dowd. He can do whatever he wants. Right. But, but he's, moment, he's in that role here he is, where right? he, he knows it. He he's a check for it. He's, he's in a, got it. He's in an anybody role. When, anybody when, could. when Jacob goes through and right around the time he starts meeting everyone, but when he starts meeting Emma and they all start meeting up with each other and showing their abilities, like I'm hooked. I loved that like half hour of the film right. so much. And if that could have just been elongated a bit and they get, they get parts of it, right? Like later when things are really starting to have, uh, starting to come unraveled a bit and like, or at least I thought it was beautiful. How beautiful was the, computer generated young Terrence stamp. Like I thought that was awesome. Like when he's in the phone booth and he's <laughs> yeah, talking, he's yeah. talking, you know, I'm not giving all the stuff away. I thought that stuff was really great. Right. And I'm having fun because now they're starting to show the hollow ghasts and those looked good. Yeah. Like for, for what I was getting and what I expected to see, I thought those were fun. I, I love the subtle scenes. Like when they're spying on Miss Peregrine and she goes out to shoot one even though she can't right see that it. was awesome scene. that was amazing that reminded and, and, me of stuff on a big and thing. she's and she's constantly checking her watch right, cuz she knows the right time all day i love that all day every day that's her whole life the same day yep. to constantly check your watch get this guy when and you know what's what's really good is there's a lot of uh there's a lot of subtlety instead of just smacking you over the head with everything <laughs> right. there's a lot of subtlety to developing the the home i guess the right. life in that day and yeah. stuff where she's constantly telling people they're late before you know what that yeah. means right she's right. just like you're late and you're going what the hell are you late for right. and, and you don't know what's going on and yeah. they don't explain it they just let it play out yeah. and then you go oh okay well you it. better not be late because if you're late to this right then at exactly 4.11, I won't be standing out in the field with the crossbow. Right. So everyone has and to be yeah. on time. And we've got this whole clockwork thing down and the squirrel and the tree. And, yeah, right, right. And all that stuff was really fun and cool. And letting the, I guess, letting the, you know, weirdness of the whole thing actually kind of shine through, right? Yeah. And 
And then all that part, like that's, I think Tim Burton was pretty on. So do right? I. I mean, yeah. that, that was really good. Was but really then, strong. but then, you know, I think that's a good example of that one scene where we reveal the shape-shifting ability <laughs> uh, of our bad guy. How tense and creepy and yeah. and just messed up should that scene be right. and it was nothing it was like so empty and hollow that yeah. all you could do is go what's happening right. i mean it was right. it, it was about as tense as not having any clue what's going on right. which is right. none tense it was right? it was weird because it's a it's a good scene it's a good scene in the book that works to give that payoff, just like the scene in the book works that I think they, they failed them in the movie too. There's a scene in the book where he's discovering that he is actually peculiar and he right. finds out that the reason he is, is because Miss Peregrine tells him that he can see the monsters. And in the movie, it's, it's changed a little bit, but it's just such a throwaway line. It's just like, Hey, pass the potatoes. Right. Uh, where do you want to go after dinner? Right. And it's, it's and that like, same you, scene. And it's like the girl, uh, you know, says something about him right. seeing, seeing it, it. right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just thought, like, in in a way, you're right. In a way, it's almost like if you can if you can get Tim Burton on set and you have his attention, what you can get from him is absolutely kind of engaging and really interesting. But there's almost and and you're right. There's almost a line where if you've got a stopwatch, you can clock it. Where like. Oh, He's not here anymore. He's out, right? He's prepping the next film, right. or he's doing something else. He's he's right. He's he's, he's doodling right now about the next thing right. he's going to make. Right, and it's just not there. And then the idea, and I felt like they did this with Dark Shadows. The idea that they've built up so much commodity on the peculiarity, no pun intended, of both Barnabas Collins and everyone there, or Jacob and Emma and everyone here, is that we've just got so much collateral going forward. The momentum will carry us, right? And you just you don't drive a car like that. You and know, then you the, just don't. You got to keep your hands. And then on the at the same time, it. at the same time, that's not even how they try to do it. It's right. like they're saying to themselves that that's what they're going to do, do yeah. but then they don't actually do it because they have those scenes, like when uh, you've got all our bad guys and they're all standing there with the demon things sure. that they can't even see right. either. And and we just keep talking about it, and it's like it's a trap. Right. Well, sure, it's a trap, but they just like keep kind of sitting there, yeah. going, yeah, yeah, but I don't want to go because it's a trap. <laughs> right. And and then it and then but it comes together with that skeleton fight scene, whole thing, which yeah. was actually a really fun that scene. Was fun. That was actually fun. But it's like in the then we're at like a stop and start jerky place where we have to sit through these scenes that are too long just so that uh, Sam Jackson can kind of be evil at us for a little for a little while because now we're scared or we've done something based on the fact that he did that longer yeah and then we get to the scene that's really cool and then we but then we have to leave that scene and then and I never I never wound up truly truly caring about the safety of any of the kids. I, not because I'd read the book, because the book all, you know, the book goes to a certain conclusion as well. I just, I didn't, I just was watching what was happening. Right. I had no, no ability to be like worried or, you know, just, it was such a weird thing because there have been lesser films where I really liked a character and I thought, Jesus, they got to get out of this. This right. is going to suck. And, and, you know, also I think the weird thing this loses some of the stuff from the book. Yeah. And, in terms of, you know, being able to deliver. And one of the things, 
you know, now that I finished the book, right. Uh, right. Which I hadn't by the time I saw the movie, one of the things I think that this movie completely loses for me, the movie did nothing for me for this anyway, is, you know, part of the book, there's kind of like this, especially the more the book goes on, there's this weird kind of undercurrent to the, um, you know, what a sad, useless gift you have. And, and yet now you're the main guy who's coming like into this world. And some of the people are peculiar in interesting ways. And some of them are peculiar in kind of goofy, boring ways and just odd and not useful in any way. Like, you know, the guy who can project his thoughts or whatever, he's not, you know, like we were, we were talking about this as we're walking off, right. He's not getting on the plane with the X-Men. Right. Right. I mean, because that's not a thing. Yeah. You got the twins with you. Right. Right. Cause they're functional in some (laughs) way when you're dealing with the bad guys. Right. Sure. And, and you know, the air girl with the flying, like she like double dipped and has all kinds of cool shit she can do. right? Right. Yeah. And, you don't really get any of that out of the movie of, um, you know, just his general, you know, it's such a donkey thing, right? Like he had the, if the bad guys had never done the screwy bad guy thing they did, right. He would not actually have a power because he has a power because somehow it's related to them. Yeah. And that's a weird story to be telling right anyway because you have to have had this like bad like he's just going through life not knowing anything was ever wrong until these bad people yeah started did something and his grandfather has the same peculiarity right but you know you don't really know how long this is going on right you've got certain kinds of peculiar people like the ones who turn into birds and right. can change time that you keep having them and there's a whole bunch of them yeah but do the other ones do that yeah. or whatever yeah. you know whatever but there was kind of a weird i thought for the way the movie was trying to tell it the movie just kind of goes look this is it just we're moving on right and we don't need to ever talk about this and there was a little bit more to it in the book where we were right. kind of at least thinking about the fact or recognizing the fact that he has an odd peculiarity, even among peculiarities. Right. If you're lining up to, you know, get indoctrinated into the X-Men, right. You want, you want to be able to do something something or you want to have, you know, he could be in the home for peculiar children. No one would ever notice. Right. Right. Everyone would just forever say, why are you here? Because there's nothing weird about him. So, Anyway, I just thought they could have, I don't know, at it least. It feels at, like a bit of a missed opportunity. At least stop you know? to look at that for a second, yeah. maybe, especially since yeah. he's got the thing with his grandfather and right. they could have and that's another mentioned thing that was it so or good. That was another thing that was juggled so well in the book was Jacob's realization and the guilt that should be a defining trait for his growth as a character, you know, in books two and three, which I, I don't know if I'm going to read, but... Um, mm-hmm when he finally puts together the fact that his grandfather could see the monsters. And that was why before he knew about the peculiarity before he knew about, you know, Miss Peregrine at all, that 
like he was so weird and paranoid about always watching out for everything and why he always needed his guns and like these things and how, how tragic it was that he, he was left to defend himself with like a letter opener, right? you know, and how, how that affects him in a way that is seemingly because I'm just a pop culture kid. Like that reminds me of Peter Parker stuff, you know, with that great responsibility and the power you have to, you have to intertwine all of these things. And I just, in the movie, it just felt kind of like, I believed it was impactful partially because of the way Terrence Stamp was acting. Right. But not because of the emotion and the direction. Like it just was there. Like if they can convey it, the audience right. will get it. If not, and then, and then, you know, as it gets closer to the end, um, it's also kind of weird because the movie sort of throws this whole time thing at us. And in the delivery in the movie, you couldn't blame anyone for getting lost. Right. Like there's, there's a lot. The, the day keeps happening. We're in this loop. Yeah. Then the loop ends. It doesn't matter for him because he hasn't built up all those days that are going to catch right. up with him, but they will all die. Yeah. But then they go somewhere yeah. and then they're okay. And yeah. then they stay in the path. And then, and then before you know it, it's, uh, you have no idea why they get to be where they are right. or what ends up happening. I mean, it's, they run through that yeah. all really fast. Yeah, They're like, quite. well, but we're going here. And so then I wonder if hooray. that's a nod to the books that I haven't, we haven't read yet. Like, like the other maybe, ones. Maybe they yeah. take a snippet of like the first half of the second book. And, but if they did, then that's how a person who hasn't read this book will feel watching this movie. Like, right. what? How and then, happen? and then at the very end, he ultimately goes back right and there's this whole story about it right that's kind of an interesting story i kind of like that part but it's like 10 seconds long but i begrudgingly like it and then yeah. they just stop telling it because they're like well i'm bored of no, explaining I'm it. that yeah <laughs> and, it's over and so and the part that i liked the most was when he was like you know i got to this point and i had to join the navy for three years right you know and i kind of went there's a lot of these little things that are going on now that i don't I don't know. And maybe they flush them out. Maybe they don't. But the, the transitional scenes for me, the, the small personal scenes in between what are supposed to be the bigger set piece scenes were the most effective and the most fun. Like, I feel like those scenes are up around six and seven. The big scenes that are the tentpole scenes and the things that are supposed to be really structurally sound, like three or four. Are all kind of know, bad. It all, right. it all teetered it in the wrong direction for me. And I just kind of felt like, okay, if I'm taking the mean average of what I feel, it's just an average film. Yeah, and I didn't. Think it's almost it was... like the more interesting the movie thinks something is, the less interesting it actually is. Right. And it's like we've seen all these other young adult films. Uh, we saw more, it feels like, two years ago where it was like the city of bone instrument things. And, and I'm like, this, this is no better, no worse. Like that's just an average film. It's like on par with eh. – like I think if I think if you read the book and you love the book, nothing's gonna stop you from seeing the film. No, and it'll probably be fairly fun. Right. And like I said, if it's uh, you know if you're in the right, I don't even know if this. I hope this is rated PG because if you have you to be 13 to right. go to it, you're, you're ruling out people. But if if you're in the 10 to 14 PG or 13 something, then huh. you can get it. Well, I guess if you're 13 to yeah. Whatever. See, I feel like even like sixteen or seventeen, you're all you're aged out of this movie. I do too. Uh, and I think you that, have to get older yeah. again right. before you can appreciate it again. Yeah. So yeah. you know, that's just how that 
right. That's works. That works. I mean, that's, you get. I, I think I think with a PG thirteen rating, you've only got like thirteen to maybe fifteen. We'll probably <laughs> have a really good time right. watching it. But then as soon as you're 16, you know, after that, you got to be like at least 25 right. again. What do, you, what do you, what do you got to be 13? Is it just the eyeballs? Uh, you know, maybe There's no language, it's just like the gross, There's no vulgarity. it's just like the grossness of, of the whole I mean, scene Sam there. Jackson's performance is a bit offensive, but I don't know that that you have to be mature enough to, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you could appreciate it better. You know, I just, I, I expected more from a Tim Burton version on a story, something so strange. Yeah. And I don't think I, but know. it's still, it still has a lot of fun. If it you're does. in the, if you're in the right yeah. age group for it, there's a lot yeah. of it that's, uh, you know, kooky enough to be fun. Yeah. It also, I think kind of, uh, drops the ball on really giving you anything that you want your 13 year old who watches this movie to take away from it about, you know, it has all this stuff built in, yeah. About being odd and right. not being like any everyone else and uh yeah. you know, being sure. yourself and all these great good themes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Except that the movie totally drops the ball yeah. on those, I think, too. It <laughs> sure. it just kind of says, Well, those are all just built in. Right. So we don't actually have to talk about them yeah, right. or do anything with them. Yeah. They're just there by virtue of the premise. Yeah. So we don't actually have yeah. to address it or something, right? Yeah. It's Anyway. It's like a movie being um, about something that happens, you know, during like uh, some big civil rights uh, historical thing that happens and then going. So we don't have to, to actually talk about civil right. rights in any way right. or or address that issue, because, look, that's the this premise of the movie, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So it kind of loses. it, And I think the book actually does a good job of that. Um, kind of yeah, going I, I into that idea, yeah. you know, maybe not as much as other books. You no, might, but it you does. It does imagine, better than this but, movie does. Yeah. With it by and far, and so. you know the other thing before we uh, abandon this yeah. movie to its own devices, I guess I liked Ava Green in it. Yeah, I did too. Um, you know, she was kind of like just at the right. Right, kind she of hits that pinnacle uh, of just being where she needs to be to pull that character. Yeah, she's off. like just weird enough or whatever. And I liked Asa Butterfield in it too. Um, I like him a lot more than he, I thought. It was he's not, of. he's not awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know if he like blew me away or anything. Yeah, but he was he was really good, and he was, um, you know, I guess he was able to maneuver through all the weirdness that he had to do well. He has uh, to be our surrogate into a land of weirdness. Right. And again, really, because and he's and never, he's got to he's got to sell yeah. who he is in the beginning parts when he's with his dad right. and he's just on this goofy, yeah, trip for no reason right. because uh, his grandpa was crazy and it's going to give him closure and yeah, right, whatever all this stuff. I you know strangely I thought the I liked Ella Purnell who played uh, Emma. I liked her a lot because she's also his surrogate yeah, for yeah. the world. But I actually think the guy that did the best was that kid Enoch who was kind of mad that uh, Jacob was around. Yeah. Yeah. Like he actually, he, in a different film, that kid would have been Miles Teller because that's Miles Teller and, all over the and place. And he, and he would have been awful. Right. And, and he would have been very, uh, you know, caricaturish of it. But yeah. I thought this role with that kid having to do exactly what he needed and dislike him just enough to really be like a wedgie kind of giving, you know, upperclassmen, but still right. later be like, yeah, you know what? We kind of need you. I'll help. Like he, I thought that was the hardest role in some ways of all of them to pull off. 
And I liked him in every scene he was in. Right. And uh, even with him, I think as much as this movie is maybe a little too long. Two um, hours and seven minutes. I mean, my God, we should have got uh, more than we did. It, and it's it's too long at the end, and there's a lot of stuff that it doesn't do that it should do. I really felt like, especially with him, we should really pay some more attention to the peculiar kids. Yeah. And instead of just going, well, there's an invisible boy. Right, yeah. Maybe we would do anything with him. Right. Or talk about who he is or how he got here. Right. Or was he just born invisible? Yeah, or. Right. Or, you know, the kid with the bees in him or something. Right. At some point, instead of just listing them off. Right. And then going, here he is. He's our super team. Yeah. I really wanted them to kind of do something with these people. And never more than when we started getting invested in that guy. Right. Because he's got the stick of heart in that's not a peculiarity. No. That's just magic. That's necromancy right there. That's, that guy's people are coming to that's, him. That's like, just bizarro yeah. magic. That, that might he's be the doing. most powerful it, one. It's not because uh, air. I'm lighter than air. Right. It. It's not even. It's not even him. Right. It, it's nothing to do with him right. really. Right. He just knows magic. Yeah. And you're like, what is happening with this guy? And we even had, I think, this cool. Uh, you know, fairly cool scene of him making the dolls come to life and yeah. fight each other where we could have done something with what kind of a weirdo bad guy from the toy story movie. Are you that right. this is what you do with right. the magic power you have, right? Except that he's only got a day to do anything. Right. <laughs> so, right. and, and, you know, that's another thing too. We could have, could have, I mean, they kind of touched on the, the just brutal horribleness of that being your existence. That's it. Yeah. But the book not, is but better. not that much. The book is way better about that, yeah. like that, uh, you know, confinement. And Jacob is as the catalyst for it too, just being like, you can leave, like you can live, but this isn't really living. You're just existing. Like that's that's very fleshed out in the book in a way that I thought was more satisfactory than the. Oh, by the way, we got a. There's a checklist of stuff in the book that's great. The sheep, the time, you know, all these things that they're just like, we got to throw in a sentence about this. Right. Otherwise we'll hear about it on the internet forever. <laughs> right. Everyone will and, complain. And that kind of, you know, irreverence towards whatever is important actually serves a bigger picture. Build that world. Don't just tell me that it's there and then move on. Right. So. There's uh there's an awful lot to uh, the movie that does, mm-hmm. that does just that where it's not what you expect from Tim Burton. Right. To just go here. I told you that was there. Right. Now I'm moving on to something else when it seems like a lot of Tim Burton's career, especially if you go back at least a few years, it's the exact opposite. It really is. And I, you know, what's funny now that we've gotten both, I miss the old one. Well, yeah, I would rather have that one, you know, from 10, 12 years ago, give me the one that did more corpse bride things and Frank and weenie stuff. Then, well, even, even if you think about, even if you think about what you're not liking about this movie um, or what this movie doesn't do and compare it even like with Edward Scissorhands, right. Which is the exact opposite thing. Right. All we do is like this one thing. Right. And really do it for yeah. a whole hour a and a half, yeah. right? And yeah. and in this one, it's just like that's that, that's that, right. Right. <laughs> and and it's yeah. it's so weirdly it opposite. Weird. And uh, you know, the movie doesn't even. There are parts of the movie, you know. Ultimately, I 
I think it's pretty fun. I think people will yeah. like it. It has a lot of problems that I don't like, but I don't hate anything about it. Yeah. But as far as being a Tim Burton movie, there's even sort of a, a sense of part of it where it doesn't feel like we got the whole budget. Like at the, like at the last minute we had like 20 million cut from the budget. Right. And we had already filmed all the end stuff with the yeah. ships right. and the, and the battle scene and that whole amusement park where that coming at the end of the movie is weird because you see all this stuff and you go, well, where's this been? Right. Like, even though we were in a house and yeah. weird stuff was happening or whatever, <laughs> yeah. but those end parts where we have uh, even there, even like the first ride on the ship and going to raise it and then finally making it to this weird pier because that's where there's another thing and, yeah. and, and ultimately getting in this big fight you're like, where's this been the whole movie? Yeah. And it's it's just odd. It's yeah. uh, there's a, so much stuff in the earlier parts of the movie that we could have, you know, turned up a little bit. Yeah. Or and and it could have definitely benefited more earlier on than missing it all or splurging late. You know. Right. It, it just. Uh, it's still. I still do love that scene. I'm glad you mentioned it too, where uh, she kills that thing that she can't see. Yeah. That is. I love a, that thing. That, that is was such a, a cool scene. idea. And it's like a, where she's just aiming in a certain direction right. and staring at her watch. Yeah. And it's funny because <laughs> they've got the dead body tape. And like, how did we kill him in the first place? Right. How did we get him the first time that we know that that's where he's yeah. going to be? Who knows? That was back when his grandfather was still there. So Probably. Can see him. You know. That and was, then and that was just a and bridge. Scene and then too. it's weird too because it doesn't really do this in the book either. So you can't blame the movie too much. Although I would like to think if I was getting the movie, maybe I'd think of other things. Right. Right. But they so downplay the fact that his grandpa left in the first place. Yeah. Right. And then you get through the whole movie and you go, but wait, that was like a huge yeah. thing. That was a monumental. And thing. Right. he apparently left because he could go, go after them right. or whatever. But also he's like leaving them blind. Right. And we don't really, you know, talk yeah. about that at all. Right. Or we kind of just leave that out there. Anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's already more than the yeah. movie deserves to be talked about though. Did you read, I, I expect there, there'll be some awesome special features. Yeah. On the Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. Oh, actually that's the thing we should say. I, I don't know if uh, the 3d means anything. I, there I, was I, nothing, I was, I was not really super. I enjoyed Im- the final impressed by the fact that I had 3d going. There were a few movie. moments, the majority of the film. No, for, for, you know, if it's two hours with a seven minute credit reel, I would say, I was probably happy for at least 30 or 40 of those minutes to have it. There were things that I really liked, but the, the averageness of it, no, because it starts very slow. There's a lot of just real, real world things. By the time you really get to see peculiarity and powers and strangeness, like it's nice. But and it's any, not, and anything that happens, it's not, it's not like the 3d really. Yeah. Makes it, makes it so much better. No. And for the majority of the movie, all it is is like, yeah, that does look really yeah, far away. Right. So hooray for that. I think, but it, uh, I think next week, if we, if it's what I expect, it'll be the woman on the train. Oh yeah. Or the girl on the train. Yeah. And that's another book. I don't know if you've read or not. I no, have read, I haven't read. And that. I actually wanted to stay away from it because it, it just looks like such a <clears throat> gone girl, fatal attraction, basic instinct mashup of everything, you know, is wrong every three minutes. You know, I kind of want to, I kind of want to enjoy the ride of that and see if it's, I I have heard a lot of people say, um, 
say Gone Girl yeah about that movie yeah and I, you know I don't know if that's um, what it is but it looks interesting yeah. at the very least it looks I, like assume, it's going to be a lot of fun. I assume that's what it is there's a bunch of films we didn't see and it's maybe it's a little it's a little like rear window looking right. too it's like yeah. you're accidentally watching something because you're on the train you pass by this house and there it is whatever yeah, and then go. stuff happens and so and we'll, then you're down the rabbit hole. But yeah. anyway, and then the next week uh, after that is the accountant. Right. So which I'm it's gonna kind of interested. It's in gonna be an interesting yeah. couple of weeks coming up. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, so, plenty of plenty yeah. of time for this, and our hour is up. So yeah. Uh, don't really bother to go see this. I think is the final, oh, wait, final this verdict. Is, this <laughs> is like a red box Netflix kind of thing. Yeah. I think I don't know that it's necessary. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we'll leave that movie aside at this point. Thanks uh, for tuning in, and please, please share and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us on iTunes, and otherwise, trick your friends into listening to us. Thanks. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.